Welcome to Photodump. This is a podcast by and for working photographers with Ren and Jen. I don't think I self-reflect that often. I also am not a goal maker. Never? You've never been that way? Or is that like a recent thing? I guess not a not goal is not the right word. Resolution maker. I don't make resolutions either. I just make intentions because resolutions, when you fail at them, you feel horrible. Exactly. And I definitely think that, not that I don't make goals for myself, I definitely have, you know, dreams and aspirations and things that I want to do and accomplish. But I don't think I've ever really, it's just like, you know, an ongoing list in your head versus something I physically write down. Yeah. Although I did do an intentions, like a more or less thing this year, inspired by you and some others. And when I look at the list, I kind of think it's about refinding myself. Yeah. Now as a mother, too, you know, like, I mean, it's been two years since I had Isla, but it's still very new. And so it's just like trying to figure all that out and then how that adjusts with work and those things. Yeah. How do you feel the more is different than the goals? Mm, let me actually pull up my list. That's a good question. I think maybe this year. It I guess it's less c- concrete. It's less concrete. I feel like it's a little bit more abstract and it could just be where I am in life. But I feel like based on my the year that I had in 2022, which I actually feel like I had a hard time mentally. I feel like based on that, my list is more about mental well-being than work. Even though I have these ongoing work goals of like landing bigger clients, doing more emotion, working with different teams, et cetera, et cetera. I have those goals just like ingrained in me at this point. But I feel like what I'm focusing on most is uh, self-care. Right. It's funny that all those things that you just listed off, like I added those to yeah. <laughs> like I took your email and I was like thinking about like, what could I add to this? And like, it's all the things. I mean, it's essentially all the things that you've already written. And then a few more just, I guess, more granular things. Yeah. And I, I feel like all the things that I wrote out and I'm sure that you wrote out are just super common. It's just kind of like yeah. human nature to right. want those things but I feel like even little things like valuing time that's in my personal life and in my work life like that's something that I really had to work on this year when I had too much time Mm -hmm. and not enough time you know it's, (laughs) it's just kind of like finding balances and I feel like when I was younger and newer in my career as I'm sure you felt the same way the entire focus was work, right? Yeah. It's just like success, mm-hmm. <laughs> financial stability, all of that stuff. And I feel like now that we've kind of grown as humans and experience, I feel like it's shifted to like, I just want to be in a good place mentally. And I feel like that will impact everything else. Yeah. But then I, I remember when we posted that, uh, that question about work-life balance, I was surprised that a lot of people were like, it's not, it doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe it's just what we think of work-life balance is this, you know, abstract thing that we all are working towards. 
And it's not that it doesn't exist. It just exists differently in our worlds. (laughs) But then at the same time, I see people that pride themselves on not having a work-life balance from like an outsider's view. They seem really successful and excelling in their careers. So then I'm just like, am I not going to get to that point because I'm not prioritizing that 125%? I don't know. I also just think it's the internet. You know, I, I think it's really interesting because I personally don't feel like I post enough in terms of if I was thinking of posting as a marketing strategy. Like I personally don't think that I post that much. I could be doing a lot better. And even just looking at, I mean, definitely like pre-pandemic, I was very consistent about posting. But the point of my story was, I feel like there's people who don't know me or, you know, are friends with me, but don't talk to me on a regular basis. And they're like, you're so busy. Yeah, same. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, what, what do you think I'm doing? Like, I don't think I'm posting that much. So it's interesting to me because if I was posting a lot, then I could see how it could come off that way. But I my track record on Instagram is like once every month and a half in terms of like an actual post. And then I have been trying to be better about posting my BTS, but I think I take more BTS. I don't post it right away. And then after the fact, I don't think about it. and inspired to post it. Yeah. Or then I'm like, oh, I'll just save it till the actual shoot can be shared. And then I'll share it then. And then I only shared you know, one of the 10 shots that I have or something. But the point being is that when we look at other people, you know, this is just all over the board, just like, you know, parents or other people working in the industry, they always, everyone always seems to be more, not that people aren't successful, but I think (laughs) we always glorify whatever everyone's doing. I hear that. And on top of that, everyone is Mainly, I know there's some accounts that focus on mental health and well-being and and transparency and all that. But I would say the majority of people post their highlights, whether it's a job that they're really excited about, a vacation that they just had that was amazing that everyone's jealous about. You know, it's just like how great their kid is doing, you know, whatever (laughs) it is. It's like people like to share things that are that make them feel good. Obviously, that makes so much sense. So I feel like as viewers, that's all we're bombarded with. And it makes us feel like we're not doing as well. Social media is so hard. But I do feel like back to your point of of, uh, feeling like you don't post enough on social, I do feel like quality over quantity. And I feel like all your posts are so beautiful. And that's probably why people are like, oh, my God, Jennifer, you're doing so great. Like all the work that you're posting is gorgeous and new and exciting. I mean, I think it's not I I think it's nice to see, you know, people's just like personal life. I think I mean, I think it's nice to see a body of work and then just get a picture of the people they are, too, from Instagram. And I don't think I do a great job of that. I mean, you also have a lot of followers and so I can see how sharing personal things to tens of thousands of strangers could be like who wants to do that (laughs) privacy is uh is something that people used to really value yeah yeah but anyways happy new year that's yeah that's like a (laughs) prelude to our conversation (laughs) happy new year conversation yeah we were gonna talk about lessons that we learned this year, maybe some loose goals or intentions. Intentions, that we want to set yeah. For next year, I think intentions is better. Intentions, <laughs> and then 
because I feel like it ties in in a way. I think it'd be interesting to talk about our thoughts on big breaks and whether they exist or not. You know, when you wrote that, I was like, I don't know that I have a big break yet. (laughs) I'm still waiting for mine. (laughs) Same. (laughs) This is our big, big break into podcasting. So I have to say that was one of my favorite highlights of 2022 and again I feel like in the grand scheme of like I keep saying like oh I had a I had a hard year but I feel like one of the things that kept me going and kept me feeling really engaged was this podcast and talking to you Jennifer yeah I know (laughs) I I feel really grateful for your friendship and also just you know building this together lessons of 2022 we can go for all of them I think one of the things that I had to work through the most this year was expectations I feel like expectations is just like a really big word that I think covers so many points of our lives but as far as work is concerned I mean I don't where do I even begin it's like expectations of being busy expectations of feeling like you're doing a good job expectation like budget expectations creative expectations all of that stuff I feel like I really grappled with this year and feel like the biggest thing that I worked through this year is identifying with number of days booked and my success and I feel like when I hit a slow period this year which was actually the longest that I've ever had ever (laughs) Since I started. How long was it? It was like four months. That you didn't have any? No work. I'm no, pretty like sure you it had was like a, You had like a, you had your ongoing. Yes. I do have one ongoing client. But as far as new work, it was literally, it was like crickets. And you can't help but feel like you're just going into retirement. Oh, yeah. I think I'm in that zone right now and also I spent all the money in December (laughs) (laughs) I know I feel like I got a lot better at uh leaving a buffer I think this kind of goes into big breaks which we'll talk about later but I feel like I started ended and started the year being like I'm in I'm gonna be busy all the time and so I was just (laughs) spending money and then when work dried up I was like oh shit I did not plan for this (laughs) But yeah, I think the biggest thing was working through identifying with success or lack of success based on on how many days I'm shooting. And I feel like that slow period was hard because it wasn't that we weren't getting inquiries. We were still getting a lot of inquiries, but they were all for super unrealistic budgets. And so that's where like budget expectations kind of creeps in. It was kind of this insecurity of like, oh, did the industry just change on me and I didn't even realize? And is this the new norm? And can I make a living anymore based on these budgets that are coming in? Well, do you feel like the budgets were just really small and not doable at all? Or... Mm -hmm. I do. I feel like, I mean, they were, I think anything is doable. Mm-hmm. I think you could really do anything if you, if you have yeah. the right approach, but just based on the number of assets that people were asking for and the usage that people were asking for, it was just unrealistic. I mean, I felt like that for a while. I still wonder, you know, the, the inquiries that are bigger do come around, but I do feel like there are far more of these I don't even want to say mid-range. I mean, 
they definitely have more than the mom and pa, but they don't have enough to really do a decent job or totally. what I would think in the scale that I think you and I would want to be working at mm-hmm. kind of job. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like aside from usage, the budgets are mainly restrictive because it's really hard to find the right crew and team to work with you on these pro- projects. Like we might be willing to take on a lower rate, but I feel like everyone else isn't, <laughs> you know, so it's just hard to find yeah. quality people to work on these um, low budgets with you. Yeah. So that was hard. I think the other thing that was really surprising to me this year was that in my mind, because I've always uh, worked towards working on these bigger budget shoots, in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, once I have these big budgets, it's going to be it's going to be so much easier. I'm going to have all this help. I'm going to be able to do the job that I actually want to do. And I feel like this year was just a constant back and forth of getting these big budgets and realizing that it just resulted in a a different scale of problems. So that was a surprising one. Like I had, I had one client that I was super excited to work with that had a great budget and it was kind of traumatizing because it was just the amount of like the lack of transparency was really it was just like a lot more manipulation involved it was just kind of harder to feel like I was set up to succeed even though there was all this money behind the production so that was kind of a shocker but then on the flip side I had a few shoots that were tiny but like kind of mid-range on the smaller side budget that I to begin with, I was kind of like, I don't know, maybe. And they ended up being some of my favorite shoots because it was more relaxed. Like there was, in a way, it almost felt like there was less at stake. And so it felt a little bit like more experimental. People kind of had more fun with it. And so one of my favorite, favorite shoots of the year was like kind of a low budget shoot, which I was really surprised by. And that's an expectation that I had that just totally flipped me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel the same way. I think even talking about budget and then also creative expectations, I feel like there were a couple of jobs that I did last year that were definitely bigger budgets, but the creative was pretty (laughs) non-exciting in my mind Um, and even you know one of the clients who is a very big client who I was very excited about the creative that was you know presented to me was presented in the in the way that this was like a new evolution of their look and I was really confused because I didn't understand what was evolutionary (laughs) about what they were presenting did you ask I did ask them about what was different about this new look. And the creative felt very firm when she told me her answer, but I also didn't feel like it was anything unique or different. So what was her answer? I can't remember. I can't remember now. But I think part of it, too, is that it's a really big company and maybe just really big company, the very finite change is big to them is what I'm gathering but I also just don't feel like what I shot was different in any way whatsoever right and then don't you feel like because you're hired to do something different when you don't feel like you're actually delivering even though you're following their direction you don't feel like you're doing a good job yeah yeah 
And then you like don't know when to when to push for something a little bit more bold or when to just fall in line. Yeah, I mean, I definitely I remember on set I had tried a different lighting approach to show her just quickly. And she was like, cool, let, we're not going to do that this time. But she asked me to take a screenshot of it and send it to her. So that I feel like was my way of, you know, sort of contributing to something a little bit different, uh, whether or not that screenshot saw the light of day anywhere. Um, I, th- I definitely think she liked it. But I think because going in, they had already really dialed in everything in terms of what kind of lighting they wanted. It wasn't going to be an easy you know, change on set kind of thing. There was so many people that are involved in approving the look and feel. So yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the big things that I really learned this year was just that most commercial clients are pretty conservative creatively. And I feel like it's really rare to actually come across a client that's willing to step outside of trends and do something that's unique to them. I feel like at these big companies, it's like if something is working, why would someone put their neck on the line to try something that's not guaranteed to succeed? And so I feel like that's why we fall into seeing the same mood boards and, and the same types of shots and all of that stuff. It's just like you see it working at the end of the day. People want to make money. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's like a generalized view. I don't actually know what goes, what happens behind closed doors. I I think, too, with the bigger budgets, there's usually a bigger team and bigger everything behind it. Right. And so it's not something that they can ever be loose about. And I think that's I think that's a thing with these mid scale or like direct to brand clients, because their budgets are not as big as, you know, the big, big clients they don't have a big team behind it and then there's it's easier to get away with less input. Yeah. That and that's actually that shoot that I mentioned, that was one of my favorites. The reason that it worked was there was an art director who designed the concept and the owner of the company. And at the end of the day, like the owner of the company had final say. And so because it was just it was basically like one and a half people weighing in, it it was it was just like clear what was working, what wasn't working for them. And it was just so easy to work off of. Yeah. When you have five, seven different clients on set where it's like agency and client, sometimes the agency wants one thing, the client wants another thing. Usually the agency wants to push it, whereas the client maybe wants to be a little bit more safe. So and then you're stuck trying to make two parties happy that might want different things. Right. So it gets so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I even felt like last year there was some scenarios where a producer was also kind of stepping in. Not a producer that I hired on my team, but like their producer. Where did they come in? The art producer. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, it's a wild ride of things. Actually, I think one of the things that I kind of had to grapple with this year was realizing when to let go and when to try to maintain creative control. And I think at the end of the day, the line of work that you and I are in, commercial work, it's not our show. Yeah. The more I used to fight against it, the more frustrated I would be. And I feel like it wasn't until I kind of came to terms with the fact that I'm hired to execute someone else's vision. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are those exciting projects where 
you are hired to be a creative collaborator as far as coming up with like a concept but those are kind of rare yeah unless unless you're like a conceptual artist where you're hired for something really specific that only you do then I feel like you have a lot more creative control I mean not to say that we have like our job isn't creative in any way it's just I think for me it was kind of coming to terms with the fact that my job is to make someone happy in what they're trying to achieve right but I mean I I still think you are being hired because you're of your point of view even if it is you know doing exactly what they want it is interesting because of one job that I'm thinking about that was big for me really the creative was I mean I don't want to say anyone could shoot it but it was very straightforward (laughs) right so yeah I don't know It's hard. I think if you want that full creative control and you have a specific creative vision, that's what test shoots are for, because then you answer to no one but yourself and your collaborators. I also think, you know, there are jobs where you do get a lot more creative flexibility, but usually in those situations, the client doesn't have a budget. Right. Yeah. So that (laughs) I feel like I had a lot of jobs like that last year or a lot of inquiries that are like that where they're looking to you to like help them, you know, bring their brand to life, which is so exciting, but also they don't have the like they don't have the money or they don't have an art director on their team and they want you to like also help art direct it, but they don't have the budget for any of those things. So it's hard. Yeah, and I feel like I remember someone commented on on one of our posts, I think insinuating that maybe we look down on low budget shoots and I mean, that's the one reason that I take lower budget shoots is because when you're excited about the company and the mission and and maybe their style or whatever, then it's worth it because you can be creatively fulfilled even if it doesn't fulfill a financial need. I mean, I think a lot of jobs are like that right now for me. It's like they're not necessarily... I'm not buying a house with that. Right. <laughs> but you're putting that work on your portfolio. Yeah, but the work is fun and you're getting things out of it. I mean, it's like a cookbook, right? Yeah, right. I, I had this one shoot this year that I was so excited about because their creative deck was stunning. And I was like, oh, my God, this is 100% exactly what I love shooting in the style that I love shooting most. I'm so excited. It felt like a really good match. We got awarded the job um, and it was through an agency. So, you know, it was like very like formal structures. And, and at one point they were like, so what's your like, what's your vision for this shoot, like for the art direction? And I think because it was a commercial job that it like totally threw me for a loop because I was like, what's your vision? (laughs) Like I have had zero conversations with a client. Like I don't know what research has gone into this shoot, like none of that. And so it almost felt like a trick question because of course, like I had, I I was like, okay, I'll put together a mood board, but I'm literally just like shooting in the dark because I, I don't know what the, what you guys have been working on. Yeah. And that was just such a funny situation because I was like, this is the dream. There's a budget where you can get creatively uh, excited. But then because of people's roles, you're like, is this a trick? (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, it ended up being that they did have a really specific creative vision and it ended up being not as bold as I thought it would be. And I feel like with experiences like that, I've learned to when I give my first assistant the mood board, I'm just like, this is their mood board, but we're going to have to scale it back. I know. So like if their whole approach is like, we really want bold heart shadows and like everything's contrasty and blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, be prepared for that, but know that they're going to eventually want to tone down the shadows because they're going to be worried that their product isn't legible or, you know, whatever it is. And it always ends up getting watered down in a way. And I feel like I used to get really frustrated about that. And now I just kind of have that in the back of my mind as a fairly realistic expectation. Yeah. And it happens to me all the time where I go in being like, all right, we're going to make something cool. And then I leave it being like, okay, we made something pretty okay. (laughs) (laughs) But then after you look at it two months later, are you like, oh, that was cool? Or do you still feel like... I don't know. I honestly, I think because I I personally have set these like expectations for myself where I'm going to try to push the envelope and, and really just do my best when I feel like I'm not doing my best best not that I'm not doing my best work as like technically mm-hmm. it's just when I feel like I'm not doing I'm not creating the images the way that I think are good I I have a hard time feeling good about it because it's not my vibe but yeah you know maybe it's theirs yeah I had a lunch with a friend over the holidays and she works for this super cool sounding design company and She said it took a while for them to get there, but they now like they wanted to be the company that's known for pushing the envelope. And so when they take on clients, they have a whole consultation process where they want to make sure that their kind of like groundbreaking approach vibes with the company, because like at the end of the day, the company needs to be happy. Right. And um, they've actually lost some big clients halfway through projects because they'd have their approach signed off on and they start presenting these materials. And then the client's just like, it's it's too bold. We need to scale it back. And they're like, you agreed to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, they've they've parted ways with a few clients, but now they're kind of at the point where they're only taking these clients that are into really big ideas But because of that, they had to cut away a certain amount, a certain type of work, Mm -hmm. essentially. And I feel like now everyone's really excited about the company that they work for. But it was a lot of like growing pains. Right. I mean, I think that's like the dream, right? You kind of create the work that you want to be doing. And then that's all that people are hiring you to do. Ugh, that is the dream. So that's why you should test shoot. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Moral of the story. Um, going back to lessons I guess on budgets and I guess setting boundaries with budgets what do you feel like your takeaway was from last year do you feel like because I I definitely think you and I both took on things you know both big and small but from the small side of things are you going to go into 2023 looking at those differently yeah I mean I think it's really easier said than done to be like If it's a small budget, I'm only going to take it if it's exciting. Because at the end of the day, I really like to work. I like to be on set and I like to collaborate. So I feel like I, I, even though I preach listening to your gut, I don't always (laughs) always do it. Yeah. 
and I think that was something that I really appreciated growing with with my agent was that I feel like we had a lot of conversations this year of what's doable in a budget, what's not doable in a budget, what's worth the time in terms of it's kind of hard to explain, but basically we had this inquiry where it was a tiny, tiny budget. It was for a wine shoot. What's a tiny budget? Um, I don't even remember. I think it was like $10,000 all in, including crew, two days of shooting. Mm, two days. And travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two days of travel. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it was just like most of that budget would have gone to a team because it was also a location shoot and they had a crazy shot list. So it was, I couldn't just do it with one assistant. I needed like two or three. And they wouldn't budge on their shot list. Or their budget. (laughs) Or their budget. So, you know, it was one of those things that we had to talk about because it would have been really good for my portfolio because who doesn't love wine content? Mm -hmm. But I would have been totally burnt out from this project because it would have required a lot more handholding, a lot more prep work, a lot more time that wasn't compensated. And then and then I'd have to like rush there and back because I was already taking too many days at a low rate. And I just I could tell the recovery from that job was not going to be worth the time put into that job. Yeah. And I was really appreciative that my agent was was super understanding of that. But I feel like this whole year was kind of just finding that balance of of um, I don't know, because it also sounds like super <laughs> privileged to be like, I don't know if it's worth my time. Well, you know I mean, what I, I mean? I think but- we're in a different point in our careers. Like, you know, had you had any of had we been recording this podcast six years ago? I mean, right. I was shooting for thing. I mean, not even six years ago, like three years ago, I feel like I probably did something for $500, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's not that we're not willing to do that. Uh, I think we're just in a different point in our careers and trying to elevate our work in a different way. I mean, I think it's really hard because um, to your point, I feel like there are a handful of jobs that I'm getting that are, you know, they sound really cool creatively, but the budgets are so challenging. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm willing to take a cut if I know that I'm going to get something amazing for my portfolio for it. But then it's so hard to know when you're not being set up for success or what in our minds would be our, you know, our view of success. Like, obviously, you asked me, you know, five years ago to shoot something for $5,000. I'd be like, yeah, I can make this work. But I don't even know how I would, you know, now based on the level of quality of work that I'd want to be doing. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. Have you set any boundaries? I think it's always it's the same struggle, I think, as I had in 2022 that I feel like will likely happen again in 2023. It's just, I definitely, because some of the lower budgets that I did take on, I think I could still do those this year, but maybe just like pushing them, pushing their budget just slightly, you know, just, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we don't have a digi, but we at least have like a setup for, you know, the client and the team, because it's hard to work off of a, you know, it's hard for a team to work off of a tiny laptop, you know, little things like that. So I think just trying to approach it in a way where if I feel like I'm going to get quality work from this, like, how can I make it just a better experience for everybody um, Mm -hmm. and for the client? 
on, I think the episode maybe following this one when we interview our agents, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I loved, I feel like one of the things that was uh, really encouraging to hear both of them say is that it's okay to push back on budgets. And, you know, if that means you don't get a job, then then there's client education. And I feel like that's really important as well. And so that was that's always it's always good to hear from an outside opinion because I feel like our general conversation (laughs) maybe three to five years ago was like how much should I charge is this enough money and so I feel like we have a tendency to just you know jump into things because it's exciting to work but I do feel like at this point in our careers and because we're partnering with agents and working with crews I do feel like it's kind of our responsibility to partake in client education and be firm with what you can actually deliver for their budget. Yeah. I mean, I think I think I've said this before. I heard it somewhere where you know, there's a client for every budget. Yes, and, you've said that. <laughs> um, just because they're not ready for you doesn't mean that someone else isn't. So right. just reminding ourselves of that. Totes. <laughs> so I feel like we learned a lot of lessons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're kind of a little bit more abstract and not anything super specific. But I think all kind of important things to bounce off of for 2023. What are some of your intentions that you're setting forth for 2023 let's see well in my note to you I was like oh my god my agent's gonna be so horrified that I haven't set any goals for any uh career goals for this year I feel like all my goals and intentions are for kind of like mental well-being which is a good thing but if I had to pick some or at least one, my goal always every year is to create more test and spec work. I feel like I want to specifically make more uh, motion specs. I feel like I did a lot of that when I first got into motion and I feel like it really led to a lot of work and and then it kind of tapered off a little bit, which I last year or this past year. And I wasn't too upset about it because I missed doing stills only. But now I'm just like, I, 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 I like wearing the director hat. I'd like to get back into it and, and shoot some more specs and try to land more exciting work in that department. What about you? I just I also just like testing. I think I did a pretty good job last year of testing lots of different things. And I think I would have tested more if I had more resources that were available to test. I mean, this was an intention of mine last year was to do more motion, but that didn't really happen. And so I'm going to try to put forth some simple motion. Do you have a strategy? Do you have a plan? One of the things I want to do is just really simple motion where it's not necessarily... I think there's a few things that I can do on my own and I haven't done those. So I think that's a first start approach for me um, before I think about bigger things. I think it's always just been a little harder for me to wrap my head around some motion things because I feel like I want to be able to do it all, but I recognize I don't need to do it all, but I feel like I need to do it all in order for me to really fully grasp the whole. Oh, I see. Like you want to understand all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think another thing is just like growing teams, finding more talent to work with, both like styling and assistance 
um, you know, regular go-to people that you can work with. As much as I love David, I also <laughs> think he's at a point where he um, is ready to spread his wings a little bit. And I want, you know, I want that for him. So yeah, just finding more reliable teams to work with, fun people. I feel like you're really good at working with different people often. I feel like I tend to kind of get comfortable and I'm like, I really like working with this stylist and, you know, this assistant. And I kind of get scared about breaking out. And I feel like you're always working with different teams. Do I? I don't feel like I work with that many different teams. But I th- I think there's also something said about, you know, a core team that you work with, you know, that I think that's you can feel that energy and vibe when you're on set with those people. Yeah. Not to say that, you know, not everyone. There's definitely a lot of talented people. But I also feel like, you know, having set be fun is part of the experience. Totally. It is really fun when all your friends are there because then it makes it feel less like work. Yeah. And more like a test shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you come up with your test ideas? Do you usually have a vision before you decide to test or are you like, I haven't tested in a while. What can I come up with? I mean, I think I'm pretty flexible and fluid on test. Um, I want to make it something that is beneficial to me and to the team that's working on it. I have an ongoing list of ideas that I and like things that I want to shoot or things that, you know, apostrophe has suggested that would be good. So I kind of just have this writing list. And then I think the nature of test shoots is generally they come together quickly. And so it's just at the time what everyone, what we all collectively want for our portfolios. I do think for 2023, trying to be a little bit more specific about some of those things, um, because I do think in the past, um, some of the tests that I've done are like very specific um, to a brand or I think last year it was after my first year of having Isla and it was like my second year back to work and I just wanted to shoot more. Um, and so I just didn't really, not that I didn't care, but like, I just wanted to get behind the camera and do something creative and fun with the team and what, what, what the subject was or any of those details, like it didn't really matter as much for Mm me. I should keep an ongoing list. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Usually I'm just like, I haven't made any work that I'm excited about (laughs) in a while. Let me cruise (laughs) some bookmarks and Pinterest and idea journal and and then I kind of just come up with something on the spot. I mean, I think that's like a beauty of the test shoot. That's true. And also asking your stylist if there if there's anything that they've been excited about trying, I feel like has led to some pretty fun work as well. Yeah. What other goals? Travel more. I mean, if someone wants to hire me to travel for work, I would love that. I feel in my past life, pre-child, pre-pandemic, that was something that I did. But I, you know, even haven't really got back, gotten back into traveling, period. I think it's like part of just like reflecting back on finding who I am now post baby. Mm hmm. I mean, travel is also the the surest way of getting inspired. It's like you barely have to try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like if you're not traveling, it's kind of figuring out how to get inspired outside of that. Yeah. Which is hard. I just remembered one of the questions that someone asked was whether we get tired of our styles. And the answer is yes <laughs> for me. Do you? Um, I don't know. 
I don't know if tired is a right word. I'm just like over it. I do sometimes want to mix it up. I want my work to feel timeless Mm -hmm. um, and not too trendy. So, but sometimes I do want to like mix it up a little bit without being trendy. (laughs) I know what you mean. I feel like oftentimes I want to go in the complete opposite direction of a trend and just do something completely different. But I, I feel like I just, I don't know how. Yeah. (laughs) I've tried different editing approaches and I mean, I feel like there's only so much you can do with lighting. So I feel like it's kind of working with different stylists that kind of have a different point of view. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that I actually am really interested in exploring this year is to step away from the lighting that I really love making. Like I love making the light that I, that's my go-to lighting, but I do want to kind of start playing around with maybe different modifiers, different, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I get, I think I understand what you're saying because I, I think I, do this often with David when I have a shoot that has maybe a little bit more budget with gear. I'm like, how, Mm -hmm. I'm like, how can we do something different while also keeping, you know, what they're asking, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, like just being able to play a little bit more. But I mean, that's what a test shoot's great for. Just got to put some dollars behind it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Should we talk about big breaks? I don't have any. Do you believe in them? Um, hmm. That's a good question. I feel like maybe less so in our industry and the type of work we create. Like I can see if I was a fashion photographer and I shot Katy Perry, Uh (laughs) that would be a big break. Like even shooting like an editorial, like a cover editorial shot could maybe be like a big break for someone that's, I don't know, a big break could be so many different things. Yeah. I don't think they actually lead to a, a big break. I maybe mean, not. Yeah, I, maybe maybe they don't. I guess in my mind, if I, as an art director, let's say, if I'm looking at somebody's portfolio and I saw that they shot somebody, they might have beautiful images of portraits or people. But if I saw that they shot a celebrity, I guess mm-hmm. I look at them differently. But I guess in, in our portfolios, I don't know that I necessarily look at my work differently because you've shot some celebrities Uh, I guess that's true I mean I feel like there's definitely big breaks as far as I think certain artists can go viral Mm -hmm. where they do something really unique and everyone gets super excited about it and their inquiries go off the hook I feel like there are big breaks in that capacity but I don't know I guess I just used to think Like I've, there's been a few shoots that I've had over the past maybe three years that I was like, I can't believe I got this shoot. Like I am in. And then it, it, you're not actually in, in. you still need to market. You still need to advertise yourself. People still need to see your work. I, I guess like, I don't necessarily think there's a big break in terms of like, oh, you got this one big thing and now everything is like set for a life. I don't think yeah. that's true, but I do feel like there's probably a shift in your own career. There's like probably that one client that you had in your own career that you feel like was the start of, of a lot more, even though it wasn't, um, Maybe it wasn't all the time. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I used to think that like I had um, one of the more recent big break shoots that I feel like I had. This was uh, like a scale of shoot that I was just like, I am in. I'm fucking in. (laughs) 
And then literally it was like the complete opposite. And again, that goes back to having expectations. Like the expectation in my mind was that once I shoot for this client, all the doors are opening for me. Everyone's going to see it. And it was, it was like blasted on social, but it didn't actually lead to anything tangible. And the same thing with, um, with actually with Rick's cookbook. I mean, I'm like so proud of that book. I thought once that book came out, I would be bombarded with cookbook inquiries. And that just didn't happen. Well, you did get inquiries, but you said no to them. But I wasn't bombarded. I thought it was going to be like cookbook inquiry after cookbook mm. inquiry. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's just yeah. and, and that's something that I really had to work on this year is having expectations. Because when you have an expectation, it doesn't work out. You're devastated. Yeah. And I just don't want to have those expectations anymore I mean I still have goals it's hard to not have any expectations though like Mm, maybe not if you meditate okay well (laughs) maybe I need to start meditating me too (laughs) yeah so I don't know I mean I think all of those things are big breaks in the sense that it adds a lot to your portfolio right and it adds a lot to the level of work that you're doing in my mind a big break does not happen on a big break. <laughs> it is a gradual break. <laughs> <laughs> which means it's not a big break. Yeah, which is not a big break. It's a gradual climb that you have to consistently that you have to work for. Yeah. I think that there are mini breaks that help contribute to this moment where I feel like you're I mean, I think there will be a time. You know, I think we're really in this where I hope anyways. I guess I wanna I want to hopefully say that this is we're in this transitional time in our work and our careers and also the industry is shifting. Right. Um, So the hope and goal is that there's a lot more out there that we just haven't gotten to yet. For sure. I I tell Sam all the time, I, I feel like I'm kind of at the beginning of the career that I have been working towards. Yeah, I 100 percent feel like that. I I mean, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm still it's shifting. It's the shift. Yeah. I'm in the shifting process. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I think maybe part of that for me feels that way, too, because I had a, another project that I was working on a baby, which I mean, she's <laughs> right. two now. And I think when I say this out loud, you know, the first year of having a baby is really hard. It was I mean, obviously, the second year was easier, but I think just finding yourself through it all is a difficult process. Yeah. But what an achievement. So just got to like, I think, hone in on me a little bit or what it is that I really work on that this year. Mm -hmm. I think that's a I think that's like the best goal either of us have said. (laughs) It's just about being happy. I just want to be happy and create beautiful things and be able to make a living off of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel really fortunate that we already do what we get to do. Yeah. Because there's definitely so many other people that don't love their jobs so I agree this was a very vulnerable podcast I know <laughs> it, it was like, I don't know if I want to put this out in the world <laughs> can we just scrap this if you have any comments questions or ideas on future episodes email us at photodump.club at gmail.com photodump was created by Ren Fuller and Jennifer Chong thank you to Sam Fuller for our cover art and overall tech support our music was created by Daniel Smith you can find me on Instagram at Jay Chong Studio and me at Ren underscore Fuller. Thanks for listening. Bye.